Hello, what's up? This is Haley and Jessica here with For the Love of Fiction for our first ever episode where we get together to talk about our latest fiction reads, why we like them, and how we feel about the characters. The first book we'll be discussing today is Outlander by Diana Gabaldon. So what we are going to start off with today is that, as many of you probably know, Outlander is actually also a TV show. It's on Netflix, Hulu, what else? HBO, maybe? Stars. Stars. It's on, it's where it starts at. So star, it's a Stars TV show. So we wanted to kind of point out some of the similarities between the book and the TV show, which is everything. So the book and the TV show are hand in hand. They go, especially the first season and the first book, are almost who it's really exactly close. the same. There's really not very much difference in the book and TV show when considering the first book. That TV show really just flows so well and keeps it so true to the book that they they almost hit on every single topic and don't leave much out. Um, and they stay really true to the characters for the most part and the storyline. And when we say they do not leave anything out, we mean they do not leave anything out. So full warning, if there was something in the book that disturbed you or was a trigger, it is 100% in the TV show in full color, right in your face. There is gore, there are triggers, there is sex. It all happens. All of it, yes, it is right there. Oh, God. Which... I mean, I guess it's good. not always a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing. And it, it does stay true to the book. So that helps it. That helps the TV show for me a little bit. Because I do hate it when I feel like a book is butchered by a TV show. Or they go too soft. And it's like you cut out so much by not just staying true to the book. Because you're being so reserved on a TV show basis. So at least yeah. they just went full in and were like, this is how it is. And it's also time period. So... That time period was gory. That time period had issues, and it was just more, so much more maybe prevalent in your face then than mm-hmm. what it is now. So that was also kind of more historically accurate as well. Yeah, and I definitely feel like, and also for those of you who haven't read this, who are maybe like just waiting for a review, we're going to try not to put any spoilers in this, but it basically takes place in Claire, who is, she's alive in the 1945 is when the book starts, 46? Yes, 1940s. She falls through the stones at Craig Dun in Scotland while on a honeymoon with her um, husband. And she falls back into time into the 1740s? 100 years, exactly. 200. 200 years. 200, 200 years, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And she just, I don't know. I cannot... Claire develops as more as a character throughout this book than probably any character I've ever read in any book. It's, but it's a slow development for me. Like for me personally, when I'm reading about Claire, it feels like a slow development because at first I don't like her at all. But she does adapt. Like if you think about it, if I was Claire or if I was me <laughs> and I fell 200 years in the past, which at this point would be what, like 1921. I couldn't even live in the 1820s. So yeah. the fact that she falls into the 1700s and doesn't die immediately, uh, I would die. <laughs> I would die instantly. Like right away the second I hit the ground and that I'm going to catch something just out of the air Yeah, that was already gotten rid of. My smart die. mouth is going to kill me. 
instantly. Yeah, absolutely. So the moment I'm confronted by a Redcoats or a Highlander that pisses me <laughs> off, I will be like, well, listen here. And then I'm burning at the stake as a witch. Done for. So. Yes. <laughs> Done for. Um, Let's talk about Frank, though. So what, what about book Frank versus show Frank? So Frank is um, the husband of Claire in the 1940s. So they've been married technically for seven years, but because of the war, they've been separated a little bit. So Claire was a nurse in the war and Frank worked in analytics. Can't remember what he did in the war. Something that smart people do. Frank's really intelligent. He's a historian. He's a historian. He's a real, but he's a really smart guy. He's he's very scholarly. In the books, I was very indifferent about Frank. Like he was there. He was a character. He was important to Claire at first, but then she falls through the stones so quickly in the book that I really don't pay any attention to Frank after that. Like it's easy to forget that Frank was a thing. See, I. I think I was indifferent to Frank in the show because the whole visual aspect of Jamie kind of overshadowed the visual aspect of Frank. <laughs> but in the book, I think I just felt bad for him. So, like, I'm married. And I think from that sense, I was like, oh, well, I'm sure. I, I guess putting in that sense of feeling so bad for someone who's also a spouse and doesn't know where they are. I was able to feel pity for him, like feel mm -hmm. sad that Frank was sad. But it didn't make me feel so sad that I wanted her to leave Jamie for it. Yeah, I feel like in the in the TV show, that's where I got more of that. So I felt more like in the TV show, I cared about Frank a lot more. Because when it got to that point, it kind of switched back to his point of view, whereas the book didn't do that. Mm -hmm. And when it switches back to his point of view, you see that he is just tearing this place apart looking for his wife. He absolutely doesn't believe that she would have left him with no reason. Yeah. And to me, that's kind of heartbreaking because he expects her to just be this good, dutiful, not necessarily dutiful, but just loyal wife. And he's not expecting her to dip out and go find another man, even well, though he doesn't know the situation. And it's not like she chose to fall through the stones initially, but I could see where, I don't know, maybe you feel bad for him because he's so certain that she would be with him regardless of anything. But then in the book, it's kind of like, when, when the choice is offered, does she really want to be with Frank or does she want to be with Jamie? Yeah. So. Which with Jamie. Which that's a slap in his face. It is. And, you know. And with Jamie, I know for certain, it's absolutely my inner, it's my feminist and my 21st century woman existing telling me that I should not like Jamie, especially in the beginning. Because this 1700s Highlander does not treat women the way that I, as a 21st century woman, thinks that he should. So in my head, you're telling your grown woman wife that you're going to spank her for doing that? No! No! This is not a child. See? And here I am like, you can spank me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Miss Jamie... But I think you're putting his <laughs> you're putting his TV like looks on his book, Jamie. No. Yeah. And when I, I pictured book Jamie, so when I'm reading the book, I'm picturing Jamie as this dirty guy. Because I'm thinking what? 1700s, no they one's bathing. bathing. <laughs> they're just like they're wearing the same clothes for days on end. They're not bathing. They don't wash their hands. They don't know anything about hygiene. Okay, I, I cannot I cannot remember. And this doesn't give me anything away. I can't remember at what point this is mentioned but they do men jamie does mention that claire is the cleanliest person he's ever met and he she bathes more than anyone he knows 
Not sure if that's mentioned in the first book, but he does refer to her as having good skin. And, you know, so I think she might bathe more than the general population in the Which wouldn't be hard. Just so hard. <laughs> but, like, when they're traveling on the road for five days, I'm just thinking, like, what happens when they wake up and they start kissing and they have morning breath? Like, you don't have a toothbrush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's disgusting to me. And he does mention that he was shocked that Claire was the age that she was. He thought that she was younger because he wasn't used to women her age having all their teeth. And how old was she? 26? Yeah, 25 or 26. And he was like, oh, and she was like old. <laughs> yeah, she was like an old maid. Yeah. And at he that was time. shocked that she had all of her teeth because they're so gross. And, uh, Claire, you're a nurse, sis. Come on. You know, she also mentions eating greens and, or not greens, but like, plants and it is kind of a joke about him like her making him eat plants and watercress and stuff because he's like my wife says it keeps my teeth (laughs) (laughs) i mean she was on to something at least she could have saved people's teeth back then but it is no i don't and it's not like they had big you know bathtubs that had running water and could soak in a bath and bathe and which is all the more reason that Claire should have been fighting tooth and nail to get back to her baths and Frank like (laughs) take me back somewhere clean but but there's something so strong about Jamie I think like I know that it was dirty and they didn't have indoor plumbing and what did you have to do what what did you do when you had to go to the bathroom? You had a chamber pot, so all your stuff just sat in the room with you. And it's also gross. gross. But, but, I mean, it's one thing to be clean with the boring guy and one thing to be a little bit dirty with a fun guy. I and mean, he was kind of a fun guy. Yeah, I guess, I guess also, too, if you remember, like, anybody who watches the show or reads the book, you'll see at the very, very beginning, literally, she and Frank, Claire and Frank have just gotten back together. So they have been separated for seven years. They've seen each other how many times? Just a Twice, maybe? Yeah. Not it, much. It was it, not even for Because they were four both days in total. the war and they were in different locations during the war. I think different countries, actually. Because yeah. Claire was stationed in the United States. Maybe. I don't remember it saying if she, where she was stationed. I thought she was still in Europe. I thought she was in France. Oh, Maybe. But either way, they were very far away and they didn't get to see each other much at all. So they're just now coming back to each other. And I think that maybe she realized when she got back with Frank after seven years of being gone and living totally separate lives from each other, that he wasn't quite what she wanted anymore. He was just, she she lived through a war. It was exciting. The opening scene in the TV series is her walking out, the war is ending, champagne bottles are popping, but she's you just watched people die and is in kind of like this state of, oh my God, I'm traumatized, but like, I'm not really traumatized, but just had a, a rough day with death and it's sad and then everyone's celebrating, so the war's over. And so it's really kind of like a, a I guess, warring emotions, sadness, death, but it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, but um I don't, and then she goes back to Frank and after that at that point she's changed after being a nurse in the war and treating all these patients and these soldiers and then she goes to this very monotonous life or is look, about to look monotonous and not saying she you know she obviously shouldn't choose to jump the stones but once she did and she was back in 
war. I mean, it was the Jacobite rising. And there was tension between British, English, and um, the Scots. And she's back in that war feel and that excitement. I mean, yeah. I guess I could see that. Because really, from a cleanliness standpoint, it's not like Claire is used to being clean. She's used to, like, bandaging bullet wounds. And being on, covered in blood. On, and, and being covered in blood in the middle of it. a battlefield. And she does seem very intelligent about less common means of medicine like plants and things like that yeah so um so Gay, what about galus duncan galus i loved galus i loved my witchy woman especially and i know that she probably changes throughout the series if we see her again because i'm not sure uh but i loved her in the first book i think any woman who's just like you know what i don't really like this husband I'm just going to kill him off. <laughs> I feel that. Let's be real. Galus is strong, but she is vicious. And like, insane. She is you, certifiably she is, insane. She is certifiably insane. All of her elevators do not all go all the way to the top. I mean, <laughs> she definitely has some, she's got screws missing, but she is very strong willed. And I think that's cool in the sense where she does embrace Claire. And she's like, let me show you the ropes here. But why is she so willing to show show Claire the ropes? Yeah. And that's something you kind of have to read to find out. But I feel like once you do find out, it just makes so much sense. Like it's there. The witch thing. She had an agenda. Yeah. I don't know what the agenda is yet, though. She I've, had an agenda. I haven't finished the second book, so I don't really know what the agenda was. But I, I'm excited to find out. I want to find out what the agenda was because, like I said, I love Gillis. Galus, I love Galus so much in the first book. So do you think that if you traveled back in time, do you think that you would be a witch? Absolutely. I, I absolutely do. Why? I don't think I'd be able to hide the fact that I wasn't from there. I don't think, because you were right. Claire did adapt, and she adapted very quickly. And she knew enough about the time because of her time with her historian husband that she could go back in time and fake it well. Like, she could pretend like she knew how to act. I wouldn't be able to. She really did pretend. Just walking into the office with um, the Lord Mackenzie the mm -hmm. very first day, she was real quick to be like, I'm not saying anything until I know what time it is. And then she looked at the time, and she was very tight-lipped. I would have been blubbering like, I'm not from here. I am from 200 years and I know everything's going to happen. And they'd be like, oh, you need to die. You need to die right now. Burn her. Burn her children. Burn her family. Burn everyone. It would be contaminated. Everything. 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 They'd burn Jamie. Just they'd burn Jamie for looking at me. I'd be like, will you burn with me, baby? <laughs> and it really didn't help her that, or I mean, and the same would have went for us because we we're like, obviously really pale and not from anywhere besides where we're actually from. And she was very obviously French. Like she had the, the Beauchamp because she used her maiden name. Yes. The, be well, she Beecham. called it Beecham, but it was Beauchamp, 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 I don't know. But, but they recognized the name as not being not being Scottish. British, not being Scottish. Um, and that was her main name. She went by, she went by Randall. Then it's like, oh. That would have been very bad. <laughs> you are a spy. Yeah. Um, but no, but they, they refer to her skin being so fair and 
But again, and her that's, hair is dark. That, but that was because she had good, like she wasn't so worn by the elements by the time period. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing anyone who's had modern um, cosmetics of any sort would go back in time and they'd be like, oh, you're doing very well for your 25, 30, 35-year-old yeah. self, whereas everyone else who were in their 30s were walking around with grandchildren. So, yeah. <laughs> but she did handle it well. And uh, But that's a good point, though, the Randall thing. She could not have went by Randall at all. Oh, no. Especially no. not to the to them. Like, you're going to go by the name of the head red coat? Well, and everything that she had to balance. So she had to balance not um, seeming to have any alliances. Because she knew that, like, she immediately picked up that Scotland and England were in a rift. And so she claimed France because they were pretty neutral. But then she also had to be sure not to make herself sound suspicious from a witchcraft standpoint. And, um, again, Scotland was very superstitious. So they believed in the fae and changelings Mm -hmm. and witches. And, I mean, just uh, possessions and all this stuff. And she's this educated medical professional in this time period. And that's also another thing that makes it harder is that she is trying to help people with these herbs and plants and all of this stuff that she knows Mm -hmm. helps with certain things. But in their minds, she's performing witchcraft. Yes. Because you're using things from nature or things that they just aren't familiar with. So what about um, talking about another female in the series other than Galus? (laughs) Galus was a bad bitch. We We get that. But... What about Leary? You, as much as I didn't Poor like child. Claire at first, I like Leary less. <laughs> Leary, again, you almost feel sorry for her at first. Poor little innocent child with a crush on this older, very handsome man. But who, in turn, has a crush on an older, beautiful woman. So she is just screwed here. Mm -hmm. Um, She obviously likes Jamie. And he returns it for as much as she's worth the fun. And then outside of that, that was it. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, she's just... And Claire feels that way, too, though, at first. So, at first, Claire feels like Leary is this, like, poor child with this crush. Yeah. And Claire even wants to help her for a while. Until their interests collide. And, like, Claire wasn't necessarily chasing Jamie down. It was all circumstance of how they came together. But Leary was chasing Jamie down. She was vying for his attention. Um... But she just becomes more and more nasty. Like, she never justifies herself, really, except for being a heartbroken adolescent who is vindictive. And with her, with Leary, it's almost even worse because she knows there's no chance that her father will let her have anything to do with Jamie Frazier. No, that's not happening. Or McTavish. Yeah. (laughs) Name, initially. But no, yeah. And I think it was when Jamie stepped in for her mm-hmm. that one time. When Jamie stepped in for her, 
I think she saw that as something it wasn't. She saw that as an act of love. And it was an act of almost defiance on Jamie's part. A defiance, but just anyone who wants to step in for a child. And I think that's what she was to him. She was a child. She was a girl. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, and he wanted Myrtle, a whole grown woman. He wanted yeah. a grown woman. Myrtle made that clear to Claire at one point. Cause she called him kissing and she was kind of goading Jamie about it. And he was like, you know what you're doing. Why don't you goad him over that? Well, he's like, Jamie doesn't need, if anyone hears about that, they'll make him marry her. He doesn't need a girl. He needs a woman. He does not need a girl. And yeah. Leary was a girl. And she was always a girl. And she stays a girl. And she's. That was also one of the first parts when she, when Claire's like goading Jamie. She's just trying to be friendly. Like this is a guy who's helped her out. She feels like they're pals now. Oh, she's jealous. I, I thought like she was a little jealous. But I also feel like she was trying to play around with him. And it was where her, her like her being from a different century really showed up more uh, see i felt i felt jealousy that's why i thought that moment was i couldn't that's i thought she was just jealous because they really? they had this flirtation but again from your point that was the person that she gravitated to at first it was the first one that was really kind to her and mm-hmm. embraced her and was honest with her and so maybe that's where she found that friendship at but when she saw him kissing, I think she got jealous. Really? See, I didn't catch that. But also, I feel like, especially in the beginning, like, I feel like almost up until they were kind of, like, forced to get married, Claire thought Jamie is kind of a young kid, almost. Oh, I think she did. I think it was, like, a warring emotions, whereas, like, he's younger than me. I'm married. <laughs> I'm married in another, in like, 200 years from now. And, um, but he's really cute. And I'm attracted to him, but he's young. So I think it was like this just tug of war. There was also that like hero thing. Oh, yeah. Everyone was Because Jamie was her hero, pretty much. Like everyone was, but then there was Jamie specifically. And who continually showed up for her. Constantly. Even after that, even after they were married. Especially after. Especially after, yeah. And she kept throwing herself into danger like it was like she was a daredevil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know, how much trouble can I get into today unwillingly? It was like she wants to either, she's either going back home or dying. Yeah. Either, yeah. At some, in some sense, she was always into something. And it wasn't always her fault. Sometimes it was just like happenstance. Yeah. yeah. But um, he still showed up every time. And there's a lot of attraction to that, to someone who's just like, hmm, Superman. And to somebody who's used to a man like Frank. Who's soft. Who's softer, and he's seen her, she's seen him, what, like four times in the last seven years until they went on their second honeymoon? And Jamie's rugged. And manly. Manly. And Frank is soft and caring. He's a historian. He's a book guy. Which has its own merits. And has its own, like, but maybe for her that's not what she wanted after being in a war. So what about the the differences between, okay, we just said Frank was soft, right? And caring. But his ancestor, Blackjack Randall, is the polar opposite of soft and caring. Yes. And I think he's brutal and sadistic. And in, yeah. He is his own breed of like scary person. Of crazy. Yes. Crazy as well. Um, he is 
he's like one of those people who enjoy pain and is like a, the ultimate villain. Um, in that first season, you really don't see any redeeming qualities of Black Jack Randall. He will play on emotions and he'll start to act like he's softening and opening up just for him to come back and go, pow, just kidding. And to me, that makes him even even more psychotic, like a sociopath. He does not feel things. Yeah. He and later on, you realize there's a few things like in the other books that he genuinely will care about. Eventually, I I can't say he ever really he doesn't. He has no. He doesn't really ever have any redemption. But surely everyone has a point everyone cares about something at some point even the most evilest of people yeah but you don't see that in the first season so he's just pure sin incarnate basically Mm -hmm. so and it's crazy because when claire first ends up back in this time it's basically one of the first people she comes face to face with and he is the spitting image of frank her husband just dressed differently and obviously not the same kind of person and i feel that was also a very good play on um it made the book confusing and it I, I like the eventually there's a twist to this of why he looks so much like Frank, but why they were also so obviously different in character. And I think that Diana did a really good job about building that relationship between the two and the ancestry. Yeah. Um, Cause it gets really, uh, mm-hmm. it gets really complicated. And I think that that was a, uh, Good play, but that comes out in the second book, of course. Well, also with the ancestry thing, that tied in really well because Frank was in the middle of looking up his ancestors in this same area that she got sent back in through the stones. Yeah, and um, Inverness is where she went through the stones, and that's where he was doing his research. So, again, but can, can we talk about Frank took her on a honeymoon to do historical research? Yeah, that's not cool. I mean, I don't think Frank is cool. Like, don't get me wrong. I love TV show Frank. But I think it's just because of how he acted when she was gone. I I think that romanticism, like, let's talk about, like, being a romantic getaway. I don't want Jamie Fraser taking me on some adventure or Frank taking me to look up historical records. Like, it's fun for me. Yeah, because she really didn't seem that into it. No, she wasn't. He had to have been aware of that. That she wasn't into that kind of thing like he was. No. She had to have been. So, lastly, uh, prison and trauma. Again, can't get too much away here. Um, But, again, Outlander never strays away or shies away from basically good old good old raw trauma um i feel like this author is very good about traumatizing its characters and readers (laughs) absolutely (laughs) happens every book i mean there's never a lack of trauma Mm -hmm. um this this book definitely has some trauma so um and we'll say this is jamie's trauma even though claire is historically the one in trouble in this first book and causing problems, Jamie gets into his own, and which I mean, not gonna lie, his problems do involve a lot of Claire. Like the problems yeah. that he's getting in, Claire usually had a hand in that, but he chose to allow her to like get him to that position. That's true. 
So it's not like she's begging him to put himself in these horrible positions. He's doing it for her. And at first, I don't really think he's doing it out of love. I think he's doing it out of a sense of duty. But at this particular one where he does eventually get captured um, for a time, um, that really didn't, she didn't put him in that position. He went out with the group on his own. So that was outside of yeah. necessarily her. Like she was safe, sound, warm, well-fed in her place at, that she was at. And yeah. he oh, just went out for yes. the day and boom, tr trouble. Because he's wanted throughout the whole book. Yeah, he's 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 wanted. a wanted man. He has a reward on him. And the crown's looking for him. Anyone could turn him in for a hefty award. And she actually becomes the heroine at this point. Whereas he's always saving her, she has to go and save him. And at this point, you really see how strong Claire is, even though she's she may have been annoyingly in trouble before. Um, now she's the person risking her neck and risking her life to go get her man back. And, um, you know. That's important, too. And I feel like this is where Claire is starting to develop as a character. Because, honestly, for as much as Jamie puts his neck on the line to save her, she does it right back for him. She does. Neither of them are going to let the other one suffer without trying. Yeah. So that's where the kind of like. Even Ultimate love story. Yeah. <laughs> comes in. But uh, that's it, it definitely has a lot of character development. Even if there's. Um, like even if they decline a little bit. Because when they're going through these traumas, it's not just, oh, let me help you. Let me be your, like, superhero swooping in and saving you from the bad guy. It's also then, let me heal you of this severe mental and emotional trauma. Oh, they, no, they take care of each other afterwards. Yes. I mean, I think that's, like, relationship goals. And granted, Frank's out in some realm being sad, and that's heartbreaking, <laughs> but poor boohoo, poor Frank. Anyways, <laughs> but here we have Jamie and Claire. Relationship goals. He accepts every part of her. She accepts every part of him. They show up for each other, and they basically never, I mean, they just immediately accept each other for whatever's happened or whoever they are. No questions asked. And so that's why I love that couple. They are really good literature. Yeah. Like, in literature, I feel like they are one of the best couples they end up being. Because, like I said, I still feel bad for Frank. But at the same time, I guess when I think hard about it and when I read through the entire book, I see what Claire sees in Jamie, even if she's missing all of her modern day. In, in, in literature, I'm over here, like, pressing my hand against every stone, thinking I'll fall through <laughs> somewhere. And get a Jamie. I'm like, <laughs> I know I have a husband, but can I? Your life would be you get like an unbathed like Dougal. Yeah, okay. <laughs> nothing wrong with Dougal baseball. And I mean, so we're into that. <laughs> uh, he, was, he was a little bit more too macho clansman for me. Yeah, I'm Myrtle. And in, the, Myrtle. In, in, in the TV show, uh, you know, I he was also Myrtle. nuts though. Yeah, he was nuts. Um, Book Myrtle, I think, was very different than TV show Myrtle. But, but that's really the thing about the Highlanders is that Jamie looked like the like very handsome, well put together one. Yes. But all the other ones, everyone else exactly was like what you'd expect. mountain men. Yes, they're like, which would be great if hills. I had to go live out on my own on a mountain and needed somebody to build a fort for me. I mean, but, but not they, so great they, if they, I want like a husband. They can all chop wood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't see a lot of these city boys out here chopping wood from a fireplace or a snowstorm. Frank would not be chopping <laughs> yeah. wood. 
But, Frank would let you freeze to death with him, but he would die with you freezing. We've had, a, we've had a snowstorm. I'm like, where's such Jamie Frazier? And he's still out here chopping wood and building a fire. I mean, kindling. What are we going to do? Jamie Frazier would know how to kindle this fire. He'd know how to kindle my fire. So, <laughs> so overall, for Outlander, on a scale of 1 to 10 for the book, for just the first book, what would you rate it? Like, if you were recommending it to somebody who's either wasn't a very, like, frequent reader or someone who just, for anybody, like, across the board, scale of 10. Okay. For romanticism and or just romance, I would say, I think the book's a 10. I think it's a 10 of romance because you get, you get the love aspect it's definitely steamy. Mm -hmm. um, I think the romance portion of that is a solid, solid romance. Mm -hmm. But if you are not an avid reader and you don't do it often, it's a Outlander is a hard read. There's a lot of um, Scottish accents in it that you have to wrap your mind around. Something's really long and wordy. It's very descriptive. You have to be into historical fiction and history in general. And even there's even other languages brought in. Like sometimes we're talking in Gaelic, French, whatever. Like she, it, it's definitely, it, it takes a lot of brain power to read through the book. Uh -huh. But if you, if you can get past all that, it's a 10 out of 10 romance. As far as the book, I would say for an average reader who doesn't do it obsessively, I would say that they would feel because of the slowness of it, I'd, I'd say like seven or eight. See, my problem with writing this one is that I am most of the way through the second one, and I really did not like the se second one. It just moved way too slow for me, and it kicked into where I just constantly wanted me to be doing something else. But um, I would probably write it. The first book, I'd definitely write a 7.5 out of 10. Solid, all across the board, for anyone that could get through it. Like, Because if you can get through it, you're going to love it. Mm -hmm. But it's just a matter of getting through the book. Ah, see, I'm through like five or six books. So that's why <laughs> that's why that that first one's a 10 out of 10 for me. But I, I was just so obsessive with it. But you have to get through. It's a slow read. It will take you a year. I mean, if you want sanity, it will take you more than a year to read this series. Oh, yeah. It really will. I finished the Very first long. book in one day. And then I started the second book thinking it would be the same deal. And I mm -hmm. couldn't. Like I, And I have a ton of stamina as a reader. And I could not. This one was just not for me. I spent four months on the fifth book. Because yeah. I, I would get to a point where I just had to stop. Um, and then right now, I've taken a break in the sixth. Just because. Not because. It, this one's super fast-paced. Super uh, a lot of things happening, but you go from one book that's too slow to one book that's too much and is overwhelming with so much stuff going on. So it's definitely it's it, it's a it's a brain read. It's it's mentally exhausting. So to go ahead and close out, thank you for listening to For the Love of Fiction. This is Haley. This is Jessica, and we really appreciate you listening. Please get back with us for our next episode where we will go over another fiction read that we enjoyed.